Hey guys and welcome to Church Online. It's great to have you tuning in with us today. If you were here with us last week, you'll remember that we started a brand new series entitled Living My Best Life. Who who doesn't want to live their best life, right? And last week we talked about the principle that says if you want to live your best life, you need to live a surrendered life. And what that looks like is that if we want to walk and if we want to live in the abundance that God has promised us in his word, then we need to hand over control to him, that we need to give God our plans. We need to give God our future. We need to give him our lives and say, Father God, I surrender to you because I recognize that your plans are far greater than my plans, that where you can take me is far greater than anywhere that I could get to in my own strength. So if we want to live our best lives, we need to live a surrendered life. And then today what I want to talk about is a second principle under that banner and it is that if we want to live our best life, we need to live a surrounded life. We need to live a surrounded life. About five years ago, uh, to the day almost, my brother and I, uh, we entered ourselves into a triathlon. Okay, full disclosure, it was a sprint triathlon, which means it was about half the distance of, of a full triathlon. But, but bear in mind, at this point in our lives, neither of us had run five kilometres successfully. So to then think about doing a cycle and a swim as well as that, was, it was a challenge. So we signed ourselves up to this race and we started to do some training and, and we kind of encouraged one another on this journey. And then the day of the race came. And so we we set up our gear, our bikes were in position, helmet neatly next to the bike so that we could shave off those all-important seconds when it came to the, the transition periods. And we got ourselves in the pool, ready to go. And then the guy says to me, off you go. So so I start swimming and, and I do my 16 lengths of St. Anne's heated pool and, and, and it was great fun because I am I enjoy swimming. And I got out and raced to the transition section and got on my bike and started pedalling for, for all it was worth. And then soon after my brother caught up, he's a slower swimmer but a faster cycler. So he caught up to me and we started to pedal together and encourage each other along and then and then we got to the transition period where we would you know we'd take off our helmets leave our bike and and begin this final stretch this five kilometer run now to say that any running took place might be a little bit of a stretch but we tried our best we pressed on we uh, we ran as fast as we could at that stage around Fairhaven Lake and and back towards St Anne's Pool and and I remember that you know as we came round that final corner and the finish line came into sight, what we saw was a a huge group of people, friends and family, but also people we didn't even know. And they were cheering and clapping and encouraging us along, saying, come on, you can do it. And so me and my brother, we kind of looked at each other with this knowing glance and and out of nowhere came this boost of energy. and, And we sprinted as fast as we could. To the finish line everything went into slow motion and it was like chariots of fire music was playing and we sprinted as fast as we could across the finish line and we ended up with a result of of just under one hour and a half which is what we were aiming for so we were overjoyed we were so excited to have completed the race without passing out or, or any of that stuff but 
Who knows that you run differently when you're being watched? You run differently when you're being watched. You see, you know, before we turned that final corner and we got in sight of all those people, I was dragging my feet. I was moaning a little bit about how tired I was. I was walking in some pain, in some stages or, 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 you know, kind of trying to pretend like I was running. But, but I was trying my best. But then when I came around the corner in sight of all of those people, it was then that I got this, this surge of energy and was able to sprint to the finish line. And there's something in this idea of living a surrounded life. Because when we grow weary or we begin to falter, it's those that are around us that pick us up. It's those that are around us that cheer us on. It's those that are around us that keep us going, that keep us running the race. In Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run the race with perseverance the race marked out for us fixing our eyes on Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith you see we're all running a race but what the author of this passage wants us to know is that we're surrounded we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses and in order to understand what, what's being said here, we need to flick back the pages to the, the previous chapter. In Hebrews 11, it begins with, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. And then, and then the author goes on to, to what's known as the hall of faith. And he lists some of the greatest men and women of faith known to man. Abel, Enoch. Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Moses, there's story after story of incredible faith. And what he says is, it's by their faith that they were able to move forward and accomplish these incredible things. It was by their faith that they were able to do this. Look at this in Hebrews 11, 32 to 35. And what more shall I say? I don't have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson and Jephthah, about David, about Samuel and the prophets, who through faith, who through faith, they conquered kingdoms, they administered justice, they gained what was promised. They shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the fury of flames, they escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness turned to strength and who became powerful in battle and rooted foreign armies. Women received back their dead, raised to life again. I don't know about you, but, but it sounds to me like those people lived incredible lives. It sounds like they lived this abundant life that we're promised in scriptures, conquering kingdoms, escaping death, seeing the dead raised to life. That's the kind of faith that I want to see in my life. That's the kind of faith that I want to live in my life. I want those kind of stories and testimonies that I can tell and shout to those around me. And it's this hall of faith that then leads us into this passage. Therefore, we're surrounded by such a great cloud 
of witnesses. We're being encouraged here that we're not alone. We're not alone. There are so many who have gone before us, these champions of the faith. And so we need to let that boost us. We need to let their example be this this power that comes out of nowhere that drives us forward on our journey. We need to let their example build the faith within us to give us the perseverance that we need to run our race and to finish it strong. The psalmist says, Just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. You see, this promise says that God is with you. He's with you. He goes before you, he's behind you, and he's all around you. You are surrounded. You know, I'm so grateful that I have an amazing wife. She's an incredible woman who supports me, who encourages me, who cheers me on and and drives me forward. She makes me a better person. When I do life with her, she makes me a better person. She pushes me on because she sees something in me that I don't always see within myself. She knows that I can do better, that I can be better. And so she doesn't allow me to, to fall victim of, of self-pity or self-doubt or, or, or questioning myself or my authority. She says, I see in you what God sees in you. And so we do this journey of life together. We're, we're running this race together and we're driving each other on, forward and forward. And I'm so thankful for you know, an incredible group of friends that, that surround me, that cheer me on, that, that pick me up when I struggle, that are there to pray for me when I need prayer. They're my biggest advocates and they're my biggest support system. You know, the Bible talks a lot, doesn't it, about surrounding ourselves with people. It talks about the importance of, of choosing wisely who it is that we, we gather around ourselves. In Proverbs 13, it says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companions of fools suffer harm. And Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And then 1 Corinthians 15, bad company corrupts good character. We need to be wise when we choose who it is that we surround ourselves with. We need to recognise the importance of those people who have permission to speak into our lives. We want them to be people who speak life. We want them to be people who build us up. We want them to be people who drive us forward and make us better. We need people who build us up and who, who don't tear us down. People who empower us to go further and not allow us to wallow in self-pity or self-doubt because it's those people who allow us that that kind of freedom to to kind of go down into ourselves and 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 draw away from what's what's our purpose in life it's it's those people who who restrict us and who hold us back from what it is that God's got planned for us so we need to surround ourselves with people who will build us up people who will drive us forward People who will make us better and make us stronger. You know, one of my favourite pictures of this in the Bible is found in Exodus. The Israelites are being attacked and and Moses sends Joshua down to the battlefield with an army to face uh, the enemy. 
and then he takes his staff and he goes up to this mountain so he can oversee the battlefield and he holds his staff above this battle. This is the same staff that that parted the Red Sea. This is the same staff that that drew water out of a rock so that his people could be uh, could have a drink because they were thirsty. And so he raises this staff over the battlefield and the Israelites begin to to win the fight. And as long as he holds this staff up over the battle, the Israelites continue to win. But but as time goes on, he becomes tired and he becomes weary and the staff begins to drop lower and lower towards the ground and and as it gets lower towards the ground the opposition begin to gain ground they begin to win they begin to defeat the Israelites so what what happened next let's read from Exodus 17 but Moses hands grew weary so they took a stone and they put it under him and he sat on it while Aaron and Hur held up his hands one on one side and the other on the other So his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. So they were there and they were holding up his arms because he couldn't hold them up any longer. And as long as the staff stayed in the air, the Israelites would continue to win. And and Joshua went on with his men to win this battle. Moses was surrounded by people who were there to support him when he grew weary. They saw the importance of his role in this situation and they were there to encourage. They were there to support. They were there to to pick him up when he needed picking up. But perhaps more importantly from this story, Moses was willing to accept the help that he needed. He was willing to accept the help that he needed. I don't need to hear, I don't know, Who needs to hear this message? But I think that some people need to rid themselves of the lie that asking for help, that allowing others to support you makes you look weak. It's a lie. It's a lie from the enemy that is trying to stop you from running your race. It's a lie that is trying to to stop you in your tracks, to take you on a, a different path. So this morning, we need to shake it off. We need to recognise that it's not weakness to allow people to help us. It's actually a principle that God set out in Scripture that we need to live a surrounded life, surrounded by people who love God, surrounded by people who are for us. So shake off that lie. I encourage you, shake off that lie and let them in. Ask for help. Allow people to support you. So church, if we truly want to live our best life, if we want to live in the the promises of this incredible, abundant life that the scriptures talk about, if we want to live in the will and the plans and purposes of God in our lives, we not only need to live a surrendered life, but we need to live a surrounded life. Let's recognise those who have gone before us. Let's recognise those incredible testimonies, not only from the scriptures, but of those great men and women of the faith that have grown up through the times and that that bring us testimonies of encouragement. People like Smith Wigglesworth and you hear these incredible testimonies and and you're like, wow, that's incredible. Look at the, the faith that these people had. Well, let that build faith within you. 
so that you can go on with the confidence to, to win your race, to run your race with perseverance. Surround yourselves not only with incredible men and women of the faith who have gone before us, but people who are close to us, friends, family members that can speak life, that can build us up, that can push us further, that can help us and empower us to become the men and women that we are called to be by God. You know, when we accept Jesus into our lives, we become part of a faith legacy. You know, we have the same faith that Abraham had, that Sarah had, that, that Moses had. We can have that same faith. You know, pressure might come, challenges might come and difficult circumstances might come in front of us and try to stop us from, from fulfilling our purposes. But I encourage you, keep the faith and keep on moving forward. Surround yourselves with people that will cheer you on, that will make you stronger. And most importantly, let's surround ourselves with the presence of God. Surround ourselves with the presence of God and allow him to mould us and to shape us into the very best version of ourselves. Because what God's got planned for us is far bigger and far greater and far more uh, amazing than anything that we could do in our own strength. So surround yourselves with God's presence. As you're running your race, as you begin to grow tired and weary, as you stumble and maybe even fall to the ground, open your ears, listen. Can you hear that sound of, of those people cheering you on, of, of willing you to get back up, of encouraging you to, to find something within yourself, to give you that boost, to sprint forward, to run your race with perseverance, to encourage you because you are surrounded. You are surrounded. Noah is saying to us this morning, if God's told you to build it, no matter how ridiculous it seems, build it. Joseph is saying, no matter where you find yourself, if you're in a pit, if you're in a prison, if you're in a palace, no matter where you are, God's presence is with you because you're surrounded. Esther says to you, you are here for such a time as this. Joshua says, whatever stronghold you're facing, whatever walls have been built up in your life, keep on marching. Keep on marching and those walls will come tumbling down. And Peter is saying to you, God's calling you to step out. He's calling you to step out into the scary, into the unknown. But when God calls you into something, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus and take that step of faith. Take that step of faith because it's in the unknown where God shows up. It's in the unknown where the impossible becomes possible. It's in our uncertainty where God makes himself known and he leads us into this life of abundance. But louder than any of these voices, let's hear the voice of Jesus Christ that says, take heart. He says, take heart because I have overcome the world. Church, if you want to live your best life, and I know I want to live my best life, then we need to live 
a surrendered life and we need to live a surrounded life. Why don't we pray? Father God, we thank you for this promise of an abundant life. We want to live in the fullness of your promises. We want to live in the fullness of your plans and purposes in our lives. So I pray this morning that each and every one of us will recognise those incredible men and women of faith who have gone before us, who have lived incredible lives, who have amazing or inspiring testimonies. And we say, we want that, God. We want that. So build our faith. Build our faith so that we can walk in these incredible journeys. And I pray that you will surround us with people, friends and family that will speak life into us, that will build us up, that will encourage us, that will empower us. Surround us with people that when we grow weary and tired and stumble, that they will be there to pick us up, that they will be there to to hold our arms up above the battleground of our life. So I pray that you will surround us with people and, and where there are people in our lives who don't speak life but, but bring death, where there are people in our lives who, who don't build us up but tear us down, where there are people in our lives who, who don't empower us but enable us to, to wallow in self-pity and self-doubt, I pray that you will strip those people away from us so that we are only surrounded by goodness. And Father God, I pray that we will hear your voice above any other. Your voice that says, I am for you. I am with you. I love you. May we know that deep within our souls and let that build us up and and encourage us and empower us and, and give us that boost to run our race with perseverance. We thank you for the plans and purposes that you've got for each and every one of us. We thank you that we are here for such a time as this. And so we give our lives into your hands and we say your will be done in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.